With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with a bonus edition of the Southern Fried Soccer podcast today. I'm again joined by my friend Jason Longshore of 92.9 and the website and radio show SoccerDownHere.com. In the podcast that I just downloaded, we discussed how the selling of Carlos Carmona from Atlanta United to Colo Colo in Chile is going to impact the five stripes. Now, uh, we are going to talk about for a few minutes his potential replacements, both those that are currently on Atlanta United's roster and perhaps those who are free agents uh, within MLS right now. Uh, Jason, what are your first thoughts as to the guys on the roster who could potentially step in and replace Carmona? I think looking at it from last year's team, in, in some ways you've already replaced him with Darlington Nagby. So you have the same people coming back with the exception of Harrison Heath in that central midfield role. Now, the question gets down to how you delineate the roles between what Jeff Lorenowitz did as a six last year, what Carmona did as an eight, and what you're expecting going forward. Uh, They don't have to rush into anything. I think that's the biggest thing. You have the summer transfer window where if, if you do need to make a move there, you can wait till then because you have guys like Kevin Kratz who came up in his career uh, through Bayer Leverkusen as a six, as a more defensively minded midfielder. It wasn't until later stops in his career that he played as more of an attacking midfielder. Uh, Chris McCann has played kind of all over the midfield during his career. We saw glimpses of him playing in place of Jeff Lorenowitz as a six, even though he played most of his minutes here as a left back. Uh, He has the experience and I think the understanding of the squad now to play in either central midfield role as needed. You also have Chris Goslin coming up, and Goslin is, between him and Carlton, Goslin's played less on the professional level so far, but he also had a great U-17 World Cup, Mm -hmm. and you would like to see him get the bulk of his early minutes in USL, but by the time that summer transfer window opens up, you might not feel like you need to go out into the market because of Goslin's performance. It's a huge opportunity for him this first half of the season in USL. There's a couple of more guys on the roster that I think could fill that role. Uh, Julian Gressel, yeah. who showed last season he could pretty much capably play anywhere asked of him in the midfield. Uh, and then they also drafted Oliver Shannon out of Clemson, yeah. who played that role for the Tigers. He is very similar to Gressel, a big guy, uh, a smart guy. He was in the Everton Academy. Uh, for a while uh, in his native Liverpool uh, before he decided to, or didn't decide, he was told by Everton, uh, you're not going to get a professional contract. 
He considered American colleges, uh, went to Clemson, one of the best soccer programs in the country. Uh, it sailed for four years there and was drafted in the second round by Atlanta United in last week's Super Draft. Uh, you know, Julian kind of surprised everybody with coming in and starting from day one uh, for Atlanta United. Part of me wouldn't be surprised if the same doesn't happen for Shannon. Yeah, Shannon's an interesting case. Uh, it's a huge opportunity for him now as the probably the most defensively minded of those central midfielders we've talked about. That was the role he played for Clemson. You know, he was going to sit and protect the back line. He's a player who could step in in Jeff Lorenowitz's role from last year, mm-hmm. I think probably the most comfortably right now. Uh, but he has to show he can pick up the speed of play at this level. That's the biggest gap now between the college game and the pro game. It's, it's just so much faster, and the expectations are so much higher. Gressel, think back to the opener last year where it was Gressel and Carmona behind Almiron. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Gressel's probably a little more suited to the box-to-box side of the two holding midfielders in Atlanta's system from last year. He would have to show defensively that he can make the right decisions uh, that was maybe one of the areas of his game that was slower to develop at the professional level. He has a whole season under his belt now, and he has a whole preseason, especially with this move happening so early in it, to prepare to, to add that to his game. I know this will sound odd, but I, I'm just not convinced that's going to be the role for Nagby. They obviously brought him in when they thought that Carmona was still going to be with the team. I think they brought him in before they announced the re-signing of Lorenowitz. Right uh, but time. I think they knew that Lorenotes was coming back. So I don't think they envisioned Nagby playing in that role. I think they got something else in mind for him. I just still can't quite figure out what it's going to be. Um, but we'll find out fairly soon. Um, some of the potential free agents out there that Atlanta United could sign, that could slide right in, the one that pops off the top of my head immediately, and we mentioned him the other day in a podcast, is Ricardo Clark, Atlanta native uh, defensive midfielder, formerly of Houston. Yeah, Ricardo Clark's had a great career in MLS. Uh, spent some time overseas in Europe as Ooh, well. Yep, former I'm U.S. Trying. national team. Uh, Jonesboro, Georgia, from the south side. Uh, played at St. Pius as well. Clark is a player who you know doesn't have a lot of years left in his career, but every time you, you kind of count him out and think that the game is passing him by, he, he has another strong season. And he was a, an important part with the Dynamo last year right. in more of a a rotation role. Can he give you those types of minutes? Absolutely. You know, and and getting a chance, you know, for him to finish his career at home in Atlanta, I think would be a great opportunity for him. It's just a question for Carlos Bocanegra and Tata Martino. Does his game fit what Atlanta is going to ask him to do? Yeah. And I think a lot of what might also be how much will he want and how many years always that will he want. Uh, you know, with with the older players, it's hard for them to. Sometimes it's difficult for them to get a multi-year deal, which is what most of them typically want, uh, with good reason. Right. Um, who are some of the other guys that you see that might might they might pursue uh, domestically? Another one that comes up that we've talked about before from a defensive standpoint, but he can fill a central midfield role as well as Brad Evans. Right. Uh, formerly Seattle Sounders, before that Columbus Crew, he he really came up as more of a holding midfielder and then played in the back as both a center back and a right back. And those are two areas of, of depth that are needed as well. Brad Evans could be that Swiss Army knife in these types of roles uh, if you can find the number that makes sense for him. He was on a $300,000 a year contract last year, which is steep for a rotation player. Yeah, keep in mind Carmona made $725,000 uh, last year. So $300,000 uh, know, is 
likely doable, but again, is do you want to pay three hundred thousand? Um, and that's a question that only Bocanegra and Eels can't answer. They're obviously not shy about spending money uh, when they think there's value. Yeah, this uh, is where the cap comes into play too for these types of roles mm-hmm. and. With this move with Carmona, you will get general allocation money out of the deal. You can, and it's it's actually being reported in the Balu transfer to Barcelona that that number has been upped from the past where it was six hundred and fifty thousand. Now teams can allocate seven hundred and fifty thousand general allocation money. So we'll oh, see okay. where that falls. But remember, the trade for Nagby that was saving money from last year to be able to make that type of move. It was seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in general allocation money. So you've kind of replenished your stockpile here with the Carmona move. That's true. Uh, it's too bad that Javier Mascherano has gone to China because <laughs> yeah. he would be the absolute perfect like-for-like replacement for Carlos Carmona as a defensive midfielder. Arguably, uh, probably top five still in the game today, uh, even though he switched mostly to a center back role with Barcelona the last years of his career. Um, and he's Argentinian too. I think he was ready to make that uh, giant check from China and and maybe wasn't as worried about the competitive side. Yeah, probably not. Uh, it worked so well for Carlos Tevez. Um, <laughs> all right, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, Jason, do you have anything coming up that you want to promote? Uh, soccer down here next week will be live Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. to 11. You can listen live, blogtalkradio.com slash soccer down here or catch it on your favorite podcast networks and follow me on Twitter at Longshoe. And, you, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Uh, we've been cranking out a whole lot of copy this week that I hope you've enjoyed. I hope you enjoy these podcasts. They they're seem to be doing well. Uh, y'all are, are receiving them very well and providing excellent feedback, and that's always appreciated. Uh, the team is headed down to Florida on Monday. Uh, I will be flying down there on Monday also, so you can have some reports from me from just outside of Orlando for next week. And I hope y'all have a good day, and we will talk to you later. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Constitution.